You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're scratching the itch for a culmination. A really big culmination, in fact. So if you haven't noticed, we've been biding a little bit of time the last couple of weeks, and that was strategic. We're here for episode 200, which is phenomenal, especially if you look at the statistics of how many podcasts come and go in like a month. (laughs) And so, I mean, we got that going for us to start, right? We timed it so that we are into February of 2024, which also marks 20 years of The Itch as an entity, as a radio show that got started in college. And we just got back from a vacation, first group vacation we've ever taken, uh, in which we were surrounded by about a dozen bands that we've actually had on the show before, and another dozen that we haven't yet and probably will eventually. So what a perfect storm no pun intended, uh, going on here, guys. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome that my year of pestering, well, telling you uh, how great it was, how much fun I had, finally paid off. You guys, you know, got on the wait list, I guess in May, and then, you know, finally were accepted in December or something like that. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. that. I was just glad that, you know, at the end of it, it all lived up to the hype that I, I, I set forth. Yeah, so you always hear us say, you know, little did we know back in 2004 if blah, blah, blah. Insert crazy thing here. Uh, We've done a lot of that over the years, and I think it's a huge deal that we've been able to do the radio show for as long as we have and then turn it into the podcast due to the pandemic. So Yeah, and I think that's one thing that episode 200 shows is that, you know, no matter what, we've got staying power. We're we're always... uh, (laughs) You know, as long as they don't kick us out of the radio station, we're going to show up Uh, as long as we still like each other. We're going to continue to try to do this podcast. (laughs) Um, And obviously we did survive vacation. Yeah, exactly. And obviously we we do like each other. We we just went on vacation together. So it was it was a lot of fun. (laughs) And I say I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like that was one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life, because not only was, you know, the circumstances, the concerts and everything like that, but I was with my wife and my best friend. So I I can't the only way other way it could have made it better is like, you know, just missing out a couple other best friends. But it was still amazing. I was so happy that you guys were able to make it. And and, uh, I can't wait to talk about it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you thought Dan spoke incessantly about Ship Rock before. Wait until now when we've all three been and most of the bands that we talk about or talk to have been as well. Oh, man, we got to get somehow sponsored or something by them because uh, we are just I, I, too much free publicity. Yeah, I here. just I can't promise as many F-bombs as, this, you know, as, as the last uh, Captain's Law. That's all right. I don't. Hopefully those are optional. 50 percent less. I don't know if I was drinking when I told that story or something just to get into the mood of Shiprocked. I don't know, but uh <laughs> I, I definitely, I don't know. I don't think that I'll be over the top cursing today. So hopefully my... The captain's log now with 50% less yeah, F-bombs. I was going to say, hopefully if my father-in-law actually chooses <laughs> to listen to this episode. It's, you know, it's, 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 he's not appalled by all my F-bombs and drug talk. Uh, <laughs> Diet captain's log is what we've got going on here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so glad that we could hit this this milestone and, and do it together and have all these things come you know, kind of coalesce at the same time. 
and and Shiprock is a phenomenal experience. It just it the whole the whole time, as you will no doubt hear plenty. It just kind of it felt like a big party that we were kind of in on to some degree, like yeah. more so than the average attender, which is really really cool. That's yeah. the that's the payoff of all the work we put into this. Right. Well, I definitely agree that with that, because, you know, like you said, we have those pre-established connections from doing the interviews. I will say that our experience is, is a casual experience. We we didn't get like any kind of no. uh, passes or anything like that. So when we ran into artists, when we talked to artists like that was just kind of the circumstances of Shiprocked. And um, so we're going to talk about that more. And the other thing I want to kind of talk about, too, is that we still respect artists' boundaries. Like, even though we're familiar, we have those connections, we, we still stress their boundaries and, and want to make sure that we're never making them uncomfortable or anything like that. And that's one thing I want to stress throughout this entire thing is that, yes, while the greatest thing about Shiprocked is the accessibility to artists, we also have to remember that they're also on vacation and they're, you know, some of them are even there with their families and stuff. And so, yeah, I just want to make sure that people do know that, yes, this is part of that experience, but you still have to be respectful and mindful of the situation. What's our rule number one there, Dan, in case anybody's not familiar with Shiprocked? <laughs> rule number one about when to and not to engage artists. <laughs> uh, well, there's lots of rules, but one of them is basically when they're when they're <laughs> eating. Don't don't engage them when they're eating. Yep. <laughs> that was the golden rule I abided by. Um, I broke that rule the previous yeah. year, technically. <laughs> yeah, you try not to. There, you, everybody can you can kind of just gauge the situation. Every, you know, not everybody's going to be um, willing to want to talk to everybody all the time. And we're going to definitely get into that, too. And there's some artists that just don't care. Like, you know, I can guarantee you, Amanda could be doing whatever. And you go up to her and say, I love Eve Under Fire. She'd be like, oh, let's take a picture. Like, that's, that's just that's yeah, who she right, is, you know? Right, right. Well, case in point, uh, the greatest example, Aaron and I can can attest to that, is we saw Rob of Nonpoint constantly. But the only interaction we ever had was we fist bumped him as he was sitting down in the, the dining area. Yeah, and that's that's the extent of our conversation. Hey, Rob, fist bump. That was it. And meanwhile, I had a whole conversation with Jason of Nonpoint about the X Men <laughs> uh, while just chilling on the deck by the pool. Massive yeah. Wolverine guy, bit of yes. a nerd, if one might say. I've yes. I've seen the clips. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's because Rob is scarier than Jason, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> But if you wanted to go up and have a conversation with Rob, Rob is definitely not going to shy away and he's he's going to appreciate that. Yeah. Like he's such a, a he's like uh, we, we when we started our radio show 20 years ago, we had a professor that re- he reminds me of called Mr. Reighard. He's he was hard on the outside, but he's really a big softy. And, and that's exactly what Rob <laughs> is, too. Yeah. Actually, can I start with this before we get into too much? Because I think this is funny. It's something I've been I wanted to bring up. So I think uh, I might as well just do it right now. I'm curious. So one of the running jokes in, in last year's Shiprock recap was that Dan saw Rashid from Nonpoint everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. We noted this year. I'm very curious um, about you guys' Nonpoint counts. Like from, <laughs> from one to five, like who... What order would you rank how often you saw each member of Nonpoint? Because that became, internally for me became a bit of a running gag. Of, <laughs> like like the shifting standings of the Nonpoint sightings. <laughs> it was almost like the opposite of last year, to be honest. That's yeah. The funny thing is, is like I saw Adam everywhere. Yeah. Um, I saw Jason kind of everywhere, too, but not like, yeah, he was just, yeah, he was everywhere, I guess, as well. Uh, I saw Rashid twice. 
that was it. Yep. And and I saw Elias like other outside of performing, I saw him maybe once. I think that was it. And yeah, so like yeah, I, yeah yep. I saw and then uh, yeah, we saw Rob everywhere. Like Rob, Rob and Adam were were out and about, moving around all the time, and and we saw I saw them everywhere. And so I was always like, hey, Adam, hey, fist bump, fist bump, Rob, fist bump, Adam. Right. That was the same for me, too. I think it was Jason the most and then Adam and Rob kind of tied for a second. And then Elias and Rashid were elusive is not the word I want to use because Elias and, and Rashid are friendly, outgoing people and stuff. I just didn't encounter them much. Yeah. So, well, they said I don't know. there was <laughs> there was a time that I think it was Elias said that he was in the, the pizza line at 3 a.m. in the morning. Because uh, he did, he, <laughs> he talked wasn't? about the, in the stowaway. He said he's like, man, y'all, that was a crazy line. <laughs> he's like, we all had fun though. <laughs> yeah. Multiple people mentioned mentioned that, and we can come back to it. But the idea yeah. that if you're getting pizza at three in the morning, you are insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the craziest, the craziest of the crazies come out. Anyway, speaking of non-point, yes. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of non-point, they were one of the headliners of the the pre-party in Miami and we were able to snag the free ticket for that by a, a hotel room right across the street basically and uh the pre-party was awesome the, the oasis was a great venue um it was a gorgeous night thank god yeah <laughs> <laughs> the oasis in Miami is basically like a almost like a I don't know, like a, a courtyard or something yeah, like, yeah it's a courtyard it was a stage and then you know your outer boundaries were just like restaurants Food trucks, more or less, you call it. Food stands, yeah. kind of, yeah. Food, yeah. yeah, stands. Yeah. It's made for a pretty fun environment. It was really cool. And then they had like this tower that was like these stacked storage crates. Yeah, container crates. Yes. Yes. And it was, and they had like paintings on the side of them. It was really cool. It was like eight eight stories tall. Um, it was it was a really beautiful setting. And so there was three bands in the pre-party. It was Luna Aura opening up for uh, Nonpoint. And the headliner was Aaron Jones. And Luna Aura was... Very impressive. Uh, yeah. but, but it was really funny because like, you know, we were close. We paid attention to their set. And so we also determined that because we saw them at the pre-party, we were probably not going to make uh, unless it was like, you know, really easy and, and there was nothing else going on. We probably weren't going to see their set on the ship, which did. Yeah, did. Yeah, it did kind of come to fruition. We didn't see their set because there was a lot of other stuff going on. You got to make tough choices and sacrifices yes. all week long. It's a festival. Yeah, that happens at festivals. Yeah. But I mean, yep. Lunor was really impressive. She she sang her butt off. They the band sounded really good. Um, the, you know, they were definitely impressive live. I, I was, you know, when I first kind of heard their music, it, it didn't wasn't necessarily my jam, but th- they sounded great live. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Also, one of the first artists that we saw this whole trip was we saw our good buddy Joey Varela of Varsity uh, as we were waiting in line. So that that kind of kicked off the the whole trip there. It's always good to see Joey. And then, you know, Nonpoint came on and it was funny because they start playing. They get a couple songs into it. And and the head of Ask For, Alan, comes out and he's like, well, you know, what do you what do you guys think if we bring them on the ship? And everybody cheered. And so he's like, all right, well, then bring it on the ship. <laughs> and so that was announced, basically, that Nonpoint was joining the boat. Um and, and obviously we're all excited because at that point we realized, and I think Casey, you can probably point this out. Yeah. So at that point with non-point joining the ship, the three artists that we've interviewed the most, Joey three times, Jason 
three times, Eva six times. That meant that all of those bands are on the boat for the entire week. Yeah, so our our really good music friends um, (laughs) (laughs) were also on the boat as well. Exactly. You know, and then Aaron Jones got on and, you know, he did have a new drummer, but he was the drummer was fantastic. Uh, everybody did. It was it was so awesome seeing Aaron Jones. And I was hoping that they could be on the boat, too. But, you know, they were yeah. going to some place in France or something. Yeah, France. Yeah. yeah, I actually think that it would have been on the boat if if they had not already had booked. Uh, yeah, some, some European dates for that exact same time. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect that's what that was the idea. Aaron loves yeah. Shiprocked, and I, I we felt bad because mm-hmm. like we he he played forever, like yeah. <laughs> he, <had laughs> he did for like an hour and forty five minutes, and we're like, dude, we got to go to sleep. We got to get up for <laughs> a morning. And so I felt bad, so like because we left, and there was he was still playing, but it was like I mean for our time, we're in Central Time. It was already it was super late their time. Like I, I was like I, I, dude, Aaron, you beat me. You win, man. You outlast. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to. We didn't want to burn ourselves out before we even got on the boat. <laughs> exactly. I was sincerely concerned about that. Yeah, I was sincerely concerned about that all week long. So like, you, I went to Riot Fest for all three days this past year for the first time ever. Tried to do something like that, and I was dead after three days of that. And I was worried that between the events of Shiprocked and the pre-party that by like Tuesday, I was going to be fried on a vacation that didn't end until Saturday morning. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was a risk we had to take. We tested our, our endurance. Well, a lot of different factors played into that and we'll get into that. But uh, so the pre-party was great. Um, getting our Ubers, Dan and Hannah left first because they, their time was before Aaron and ours was. Speaking of on the way to our boat, it was it was crazy. I, I, I we tipped our Uber driver insane because it started thunderstorming severely in Miami, and then the tornado sirens start going off, and there's a tornado warning, and we're like mm-hmm. in the, the we're in this Uber like in an intersection like that's flooded, mind you. He's driving through like two feet of water, and and yep. like our phones are like get to sh- under shelter. We're like yeah, we're in a car. We're so like we're stuck. Like there's nowhere <laughs> to go. If there's a tornado, we're just we're fucked. That's all. We're, there's nothing. Miami Uber drivers are no jokes. Yes. <laughs> those, dudes, those dudes are come prepared for torrential downpours, and Reg- they do not care. They're getting where they said they're going to get to. <laughs> Regardless of if they speak English or not. Yes. Okay. Oh, they will fight each other. It's whatever. <laughs> they're going to make this happen. <laughs> yes. So kudos to Miami Uber drivers. Holy Uber drivers. Shit, I couldn't. I couldn't drive that man. That's no. That's a no. Uh, they're the, hardcore. Uh, our guy. Our guy. As we were making our way to the dock, or uh, he's he's just like shaking his fist at this lady because he she kept cutting him off. <laughs> She wasn't letting us in. Well, and then the other um, thing I wanted yeah. to talk about too is so, so like we get on the boat, and last year they're like, "All right, you got to go to your muster station." We get to the muster station, which was in the theater, and like they go over like this nice long course of you know what to do in case of emergency. Then they're like, and this this you know this comes in play a lot later too. By the way, this like this is fucked by the because like. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I, like last year they had, I mean, thorough instructions and stuff like, but you know, it's a year ago. I don't remember that stuff. Like I, I, I know that there's ships on uh, or the boats, the getaway boats are on like level four or something like that. That's all I know. And so like we get to yeah. our muster station and they're like, uh, the boats are on level four. Do you know where your life jacket? Do you know how to put on a life jacket? And I was like, yeah, they're like, all right, you're good. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? yeah, this is a key moment I wanted to bring up because this you made reference last year about the muster station and how important it was. So Aaron and I, Dude, went, I was once, so worried about that. <laughs> yeah, Once we once once we got on the boat, we're like, we need to find our muster station. And once once we, we got to do the safety briefing. Yeah. yeah once once we did, we get we get to ours was the north side restaurant or whatever. And so we get in there. There's nobody there other than these two, these two crew guys, and one one is wearing a life jacket, the other has a little card scanner, and and dudes, yeah, dudes setting up merch in yeah, the other and part the of the room. Setting up merch, and so he scans our cards, and we're like waiting to see if we need to wait for other people to be a part of this training or whatever. And the guy says that exact same thing. He's like, uh. Do you know how to put on a life jacket? Uh, yes. Then you're good. <laughs> like, all right. That's all. Great. <laughs> Didn't even demonstrate. Yeah. Just assumed. Just took our word for it. <laughs> I guess they just assumed. They were straight getting. If the boat's going down, you're all fucked anyway. You're like, nobody's coming. Like, right. That undertow of that boat is taking everybody. It doesn't matter. There aren't actual safety. <laughs> There's no real safety protocol. You either protocol. get on you're that fucking toast. lifeboat or you don't. Like, that's it. Like,. <laughs> They were just oh, going to let natural selection happen yes. is what it was. You know how to put on a life jacket? Yeah, sure you do. Yeah. Well, some people do. And those are the ones that will live. Yeah. So. yeah. All that'll right. Come, we'll come into play later. We'll, we'll get to that. So I think we have to officially start the captain's log now. We yes. haven't done that. Yeah. No. As, and so no. we are because the shows are about to start after this mandatory safety meeting, getting checked in and all that good stuff. We got shows to see. We gotta we gotta take off. And before before we do that, we got these great schedules yeah. that were printed <laughs> that we were excited to have. And then paper schedules to keep in your lanyard so you always knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So that became obsolete as soon as we got <laughs> on the boat. Yeah. As soon after as we day, got on the boat. Because day one. Well, no, it was as soon as we got on the boat because they changed our itinerary. We were supposed to go to Bimini, Bahamas the first day. And they're like, uh, well, the weather is pretty crappy. So we're just going to skip Bimini and go to Jamaica, which was a great choice. And then we're going to come back to Bimini and hit it up on the way back. And, all and also, Kid Capici is not going to be here. Yes. Yeah. Yep, that was the other thing. <laughs> yeah. We forgot to tell you. Ah. <laughs> if you're here for them. Sorry, they're gone. <laughs> they ain't on the boat. Yep. But we had some fun anyway. We had to get thing. started. So, yeah, yeah. Captain's Log Sunday, day one here. Beartooth started what? Uh, the fir- the stage. They were amazing. I was so happy that they started their set off with Sunshine because, you know, it's basically the song, I need to get out of this cold or I'm going to die. And I felt that way. I felt it. I felt it. Um, It was yeah. cool. They... They literally wait until, or uh, they're, what do you call them? The like the takeoff uh, band or something uh, like no, that. Sa- sail away, sail away band, sail away, band. sail away. Yeah, they literally are like okay, we're ready to depart, and and the band will start playing as the boat starts moving out of the dock. Yeah, like they sit, they they line it up so that that's when it happens. It was really sweet. 
Yeah. And so they're kind of like the first headliner of the, the whole festival, so to speak, because pretty much there's nothing else going on. Everybody's on the boat. They really want to see how it's all set up, usually, especially if you're new. Um, and then the, and Beartooth did not disappoint. They put on one hell of a set. Yes. More on this later. But, you, you know, the first people that we saw uh, when we got on this boat, uh, a couple of guys that we talked to in episode 197, not six weeks or so ago. That's the guys from Fury and Few. Chillin' yes. said hi to them would become a very recurring thing. And we will bring we'll come back to them later on. But I just wanted to note that that was a great way to start this. And then another great way to start this. I'll I'll pass that over to Casey. Well, and the other thing was funny, too, because we were sitting there watching Beartooth uh, about five feet from Johnny Stevens and like uh, three other members of Highly Suspect. Just, so that, I just nice. I, I just wanted to point that out because that also comes into play later. Yes. <laughs> Well, Aaron and I were were hungry. Uh, Dan and Hannah already had two two lunches by the time we got on the boat, um, like psychos. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so there's lots like, of food, like five thousand. <laughs> yeah, like every other psycho on this boat, yeah. <laughs> we're just eating all the time. <laughs> anyway, Aaron and I were hungry, and uh, <laughs> we decided to hit up the burger joint. We get get our burgers, put our toppings on. I take like. Man, you're including even, all the details, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, I take <laughs> not even about toppings. Yeah. I take not even four <laughs> steps, not even four steps, and all of a sudden I hear KC, and it's Eva. So the whole band. We, no. Yeah. The the whole band. So we walk over, find a spot, sit with sit with her, eat our burger, and uh, as bear. The funny part being that. She was trying to set her schedule up because she had things that she had to do, you know, yeah. like artist appointments and stuff like that, which, again, also became obsolete almost immediately. Yeah. Multiple times. But, you know, kudos to her for trying to be organized. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Beartooth, great job. Yeah. And then after them on the deck stage was Catch Your Breath. They were great. You know, they're pretty much what I expected. You had talked about them in a previous episode you know, lived up to exactly what you what you said. Um, and we had great spots like I, that. That became quickly one of our favorite spots to to stay. And we ended up being there. So basically where we ended up seeing both Beartooth and Catch Your Breath. Like if you're standing on the stage, we were directly to the right of people. Um, so like, I don't know, we had like a side view, but I, I liked it because I felt closer to the, the people for one. And it was still sounded great. Like, I think that was the other thing I wanted to talk about is that the deck stage sound sounded way better this year than last year. I don't know exactly what they did or if maybe the theater was just off. And so it was in comparison, it just wasn't as good, but like the deck stage was great this year. I, and I, I can't stress that enough that every single artist sounded fantastic on the deck. Now, well, I think part I, of that, not because I mean the sound from every single artist sounded fantastic on the deck. I can't say every <laughs> single artist, Sounded great, but every <laughs> fair enough. I think part of that was, I mean, other than the one performance that we'll get into here in a minute, um, the, the weather wasn't overly crazy as far as like the wind whipping bad or like where the, the sound, the sound was able to kind of carry, I think, further than probably other times. Correct. 
And so the theme of this festival also was basically the back and forth from the deck to the theater. And that happened a lot this night. And so like after Catch Your Breath, we hightailed it to the theater so that we could catch uh, Crowbot. Yeah. And another great band yes. to, to kick things off with because they are they are high energy and just a, a party. Yeah, and I agree with that. And one thing that was definitely a little disappointing is because I guess we were on the boat. They couldn't bring all their theatrical stuff, which makes sense. You know, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. To pack, but um, it it, t- it took a little away from their their show because when we saw when we saw them at Upheaval, their intro and him popping out of that that plant thing was just incredible. Yeah, the the egg. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he, he hashed out yeah. of an egg. Yeah, yeah the, yeah, the dragon was, egg. Yeah, or it, it was it was awesome. It was reduced. <laughs> Reduced shenanigans in the Crowbot set, but it was still a good a good set. Agreed. And speaking of Crowbot, we saw Brandon in the cafeteria Everywhere. all the time. Brandon, <laughs> the time. yeah, I think Brandon from Crowbot might have been the guy I saw the most of anybody. He was <laughs> he was in top tier at least, and it was and like two thirds of it was in the cafeteria. <laughs> like, and yet he doesn't. My man like was living at all. Right, he's he must have been dude, burning yeah. calories like nobody's business. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like the I way did. he moves up on stage, that's there's no doubt about that. <laughs> that's true. Need fuel. Yes. <laughs> so, this Sunday was tough because I had, I don't know what you guys' feelings are. For me, there were two back-to-back sets that we saw late at night that set the bar so high that very few things kept up with them for the rest of the trip and that was that was wild yeah because after crowbar we hightailed it back up to the deck stage i don't know if you guys followed but i know me and hannah made it up there back to our spots actually which was lucky i guess but um i was i was really excited because this is the first time that i actually have been able to see from ashes to new i've been in love with this band since like 2016 and I, i i'll be quite honest like i was quite naive because they all came out with apparently like this black body paint on their necks and uh, like Danny had it all down his sleeve. And I thought they like covered up his tattoos and stuff. I'm like, wow, they all got matching neck tattoos. Holy cow. That's weird. I can't believe the band did that. And then when I, <laughs> when I ran into Danny, like, a, I don't know, like a day later or something in, near the burritos, I, I, I saw him and he didn't have the tattoo. And I just was like, Whoa, you don't have the neck tattoo. And he's like, yeah, it was just body paint. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so it, it like led to a conversation <laughs> though. <laughs> It was just really funny. Yeah. Like he's so, he was a super nice guy, but I was so excited to see them live because we've had Maddie on the show. It was a lot of fun. They've they've been high energy. I and I just have been looking forward to seeing them live, and I, they did not disappoint. It was such a great set. I think that part of part of that, as you bring it up, uh, illustrates the difference in how the three of us approached this whole week. Dan and Hannah, they knew where they like to see shows from on the deck. And they spent a good chunk of their time on the deck. Yeah. They would they would hunker down and they were staying there for, for a lot of days. Yeah, we're short. We actually um, realized that that uh, me and Hannah realized that you and you and KC have completely different concert experiences because you guys are tall. I, I think what are you like six three, Aaron? And KC six seven. Six one. Okay. So yeah. I'm five six, Hannah is five two. So we have completely different concert experience because like when we're going to a festival and we need to see a band, like we have to get there early. I got to get there to make sure I can actually fucking see because all these trees end up standing in front of me and I can't see a concert if I'm ducking behind a tree. <laughs> yeah, but that's funny because so you guys did that 
I, on the other hand, I'm not positive that I saw more than two or three deck sets in their entirety, because usually I would see part of one and then I was booking it all over the place to other places. Like I was, I don't know. I was just on an adrenaline rush all week long because I was just, I was bouncing back and forth between the stage (laughs) the theater and the pool and the lounge and cafeteria and just like wherever. And KC, he would be a little bit in different places, but usually once he got to a place, he stayed there for the whole set because KC is a completionist documentarian and has to, (laughs) (laughs) wants to record sets on his phone so he can watch them later. So he liked to get, you know, start to finish when possible. It is funny that you mentioned that, though, because like me and Hannah became like er everybody recognized us because we were at the same spot, the same place, almost every show. (laughs) (laughs) You built a posse. (laughs) The stage side posse. Yeah. We'll we'll get into to some of my spots as as we move along here, but uh, <laughs> I before we get on to to Monday, I have to talk a little bit about two sets we saw Sunday night that were honestly two of my favorite sets of the entire week. Which yeah. is, I mean, it was it was a high bar right off the bat. Yeah, which is crazy because it's 10 p.m. when this all when this starts, and we had already had you know full day of getting situated and seeing shows and all this stuff. But the warning. In the theater, first time I've ever seen the warning. Been hearing hype about them for ages. Um, their album came out finally after after quite a while of of buildup, and they just they just slaughtered. I I I was absolutely blown away by seeing them live. The the chemistry and the charisma between these three young sisters from Mexico was just just outstanding. Yeah, they sounded great, too. Um, we had seen them before at Point Fest, but I think that, you know, they just continue to get better as musicians and performers, to be honest. Like, I, I was just enter- very highly entertained by uh, the drummer this time. Like, her facial expressions were just killing me. Yes. And that that's I think that's a great observation is that they are a band that is absolutely continuing to improve and gain in, in stage presence. Uh, as they go on, which is awesome because they're still very young and I feel like they're already performing at a very high level. And then the set, the second set, the one I saw after the warning was a, a midnight set by Dead Poet Society, guest 199, old Jack Undercoffler. They, this is another band. I've seen them before, but they, with the new songs and their new album, Fission, incorporated into their set, I the term I used was leveled up. Yeah, It was like they were good before their they're even better now they just they captured that crowd and they just they won me over more than they already had very quickly when i've been hyping yeah. that particular setup the entire time because i just knew for one the midnight aft lounge like that those were some of my favorite sets the previous year and the they were again some of my favorite sets this year as well like i don't yeah. know what it is about people at midnight when they just I don't know if it's just because we're running on pure adrenaline at that point or maybe you're half drunk. I don't know, but it just ends up being a very great <laughs> atmosphere for a for a, a rock festival, to be honest. And it's uncontested. So there's nothing else going on at that time exactly. aside from just hanging. So like it was well, the singles. It was a time where because uh, Fury and Few <laughs> was trying to attend the DPS set, but they couldn't because they were hosting the singles mingle. They had to host the singles mingle. <laughs> Oh man! But you know, for us it was no problem. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I will remain single. I need to see DPS. This is more important right now. <laughs> I will mingle later. If I was going to meet if somebody, my future wife would be at DPS too. 
Right, she would be here, not at the mingle. She would be at DPS. Uh, what made I know how so, to play this game. What made that so funny is one of the guys is married and the other guy's been with his girlfriend for like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, they were very not single. Yeah, they were just assigned that. It wasn't like it was because they were supposed to be single. I think it was just... Like, I know, right, but that's still that. funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> A DPS was killer. The warning was killer. I know Dan had, had a little bit of... Uh, outside action with a whole nother set in between the two of those. Yeah, we that I only caught the sm- slightest smidgen of. Well, I was curious. I had to stop by and see a little bit of Kill Switch because I was a huge fan of that band when they were when Howard was with the band, and I wasn't sure if I was going to give him a chance. We did see a couple songs because you know, we, like you said, I, I was definitely prioritizing the Warning and Dead Poet Society. So we saw a couple songs in between getting like food and stuff, and, and yeah, they were definitely impressive. They they were so impressive that we decided to make their full set the next time around. And the next time around, they were incredible. Like I watched the entire set; they're amazing. A lot of you know, I was, I was really impressed with how many uh, artists were there to watch Kill Switch engage. Yeah, well, they yeah. were a headliner, so I mean, yeah. The only my own my, my only Kill Switch engagement, as it were, yeah. uh, was actually hearing Jesse on Q and artist Q and A panel they did on the last day. I, I heard him. I heard him there um, more than I saw the Kill Switch set sets and yeah, but he was very he was very humble and very um very warm and i i appreciate what he had to say at that period as well all right so captain's log day two we're on to monday monday started off <laughs> with uh some non non-concert events but dan dan had has an observation well here. i was gonna say monday also was the day where the weather started coming into play yeah um and and we'll get into a lot more of that but yeah it was it was the events that like we you know we were kind of telling the guys last year, and I think I had talked about with the band feud. And so those were the ones that we were kind of talking about that we wanted to participate at least uh, attend, if not participate yeah. in. So we had two events, uh, both involving bands and both that we had to check out. First of all, uh, Winona Fighter, our pals, they were hosting Bloody Bingo. And I've never been to a bingo game before. It sounded like an old person thing to do. Um, it was not. It was the funniest bingo I've ever been a part of. And after that, <laughs> There was the band feud wherein Badflower and I Prevail basically played um, Family Feud against each other. Yes. Now, there was a special guest that hosted both of these that was not originally announced to be part of this cruise. Yes. Now, see the floor. (laughs) Yeah. So the uh, cruise director for the previous, like, I don't know how many years has been Cookie. And Cookie actually retired from carnival in like november or something like that and he told the story when he he first came out he said you know when i first retired from carnival alan called me and said well you're not getting rid of us that easily sorry you're not retiring from us and so they (laughs) made sure to bring cookie back to host these events and and there's no like there's nobody better i've ever seen host events than cookie like this dude is the funniest fucking person i've ever met like seen like come across like he is just hilarious <laughs> cookie yeah. is is massively charismatic he's he's incredibly uh flamboyant and comedic and he make everything that he was part of that i saw was probably uh multiple times better than it would have been without him there yes <laughs> yeah he was he was hitting on all members of Winona Fighter. <laughs> he was he was hitting on all the the approaching winners of the bingo. 
he, he, he prank a, called a man's wife he who was supposed who was asleep wife. in her in her room. He straight up prank called her and put it on the audio over the whole theater. Oh man, glorious yeah, he, masterpiece, <laughs> masterful work. Yeah, and I mean, it was funny too because like there was it was like night and day with when when the uh, actual cruise director Jake, who sounded we just kept calling him Jake from State Farm because. He sounded like this just basic <laughs> ass white Jake dude. from Carnival. Yeah, he's Jake like, from Carnival. He kept saying Jake, Jake from Carnival. With We're like Jake from State Farm. Stop it. Get it right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Get you have right. Cookie on there who's just like, who just, you know, will have you laughing by the he's end of the He's cussing on the intercom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, even when he's waking uh, your ass up on, debar- in, on debarkation day, you're like, all right, man, I still love you. You're hilarious, but. <laughs> I'm mad you're waking me up. <laughs> oh man! So those were great, were fantastic events. I had I had a blast watching um, watching Cookie and Winona do the bingo, um, and the band feud, as promised by Dan, lived up to the hype. Um, yeah, and the line for that was insane. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I thought the line last year was long. Holy cow! The line for band feud was insane. So if you ever want to attend these events, make sure to go early. <laughs> yep. When you pair two headliners against each other, then yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, well, I, I to this day I still don't understand why band feud is not in the theater. Like it's one of those most popular events, Agreed. and it should be in the theater. Like everybody can see, everybody can hear. It, it needs to be in the theater. fully agreed. So yeah. yep. that's just maybe in the in the feedback we'll put you, that you, yeah. you don't need yeah. to stand. Everyone can stay seated. Yes, it's all good. Yep. <laughs> that would be ideal. But then, then to Dan's point, weather became a factor. So Scene Queen had a four o'clock set, and that poor girl had to stop and start three times. Yeah, and before she got to complete her set, and unfortunately, like she kept getting rain delayed. Everybody thought that her set was just canceled, and so they they left. And like most of us went to go wait in the line for Sleep Theory, and it was so funny because apparently when her set restarted, she herself made them make an announcement over the, the intercom saying that hey, her set's back on. Go back and see her. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear that, and and if I would have, I would have probably gone. Back. I did, but we were already in line, and the line was ridiculous, and I w- I didn't want to miss Sleep Theory. Yeah, it was all about seeing Sleep Theory on this. It, it like, also didn't help. This this is where the merch the merch line and the theater line <laughs> cro- crossed for the first time. Uh, <laughs> Out of many, <laughs> yeah, the merch line was ridiculously long yes. uh, to People, to start what with. What is going on? <laughs> I don't need to wear a t-shirt that bad. I'm sorry. I've never seen people so eager <laughs> to spend their money and wait in line forever. I've heard I heard stories of people waiting in that line for at least an hour every t- every night, at least an hour. Why? Nope. Yeah, I got too much stuff to do to wait in line for I that. I didn't. I went there when they were almost closed <laughs> and nobody was Same. in line. <laughs> Same. We did a meet and greet and Aaron got free roam of the <laughs> of Yep. The- I just went right on in there and there was nobody there. I was like, let me get that Fury and Few t-shirt, sir. (laughs) Otherwise, I know their websites. I can order their merch later on. I don't need to stand here and miss stuff. I will say that a lot of bands did have specialty shirts. Like the warning actually did have a specialty Shiprock shirt, which my wife did get. And she is super excited about. Nice. Hey, good on your wife. Yeah. Good job, Hannah. Yonaka was also a victim of bad weather on the main stage. Yeah. 
because her, her set was after seeing Queens. She also kind of had some delays and technical issues uh, that really kind of put a damper on her set. So I really felt bad for those who had to to play on that on that stage that day, particularly. <laughs> yeah. And we saw Sleep Theory in the theater right at that time. You guys were I don't know if you left Sleep Theory earlier or what, but the you know, that's the time that I realized yeah. that the theater sound was a little off. Like, I don't know if the their backing track was just louder than like their actual normal, but like you could actually hear the backing track. It was just very distracting, to be honest, and just didn't sound as good because of that. I think it took for whatever reason, whoever was running the sound for that and then whatever sound guys were there with the bands i think there was some kind of disconnect with trying to set everything up because uh eva's group kind of had the same similar issues that brings up something that i think is a good time to kind of throw out there so i learned some terminology about band live performances on this trip and one thing i learned was that if you're going on shiprocked you should not necessarily expect the most technically proficient or well-prepared shows yeah. because mm-hmm. most of the bands are doing what they referred to what multiple bands referred to as throw and go, which pretty much means you are dealing with for one, sometimes some co- communal equipment, a drum set, for example, is on the stage and most bands are using that same drum set. You're probably dealing with either a sound board or a sound guy or both that are not yours. You are sometimes not really even having time to do a sound check. So it's not, I wouldn't call it sloppy per se, but you have so much less prep and customization to do what you would normally do in your own sets. You're very limited. For most bands. Yeah. There's a lot more limitations. And therefore, you know, some of these technical difficulties were due to weather and whatnot. Some of them were just due to, to that, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think it's important to that we and I think we did at least have a little bit of grace. Uh, performances were still fantastic. I wouldn't say that for the that by and large, it did a whole lot of damage to many of them. But no. that was the situation where bands weren't having their typical setup available to them and preparation. Agreed. Yeah. And our headliner of the night, you know, even though we didn't know it was going to be the headliner, uh, was Dayseeker in the theater, uh, which you know, that was that was a band I was looking forward to seeing because we saw them at Upheaval. And I'll be quite honest, like they did not sound good. Well, I, Rory didn't sound good. The band sounded fine. Rory didn't sound good on at, at Upheaval. And it, like, I, you know, I get it. I, I don't know anybody's personal situation and I don't know what he's going through. Everybody goes through their own personal battles. Um, and he just didn't look as healthy as the first time I had seen him uh, when they blew us away when they were with the word alive. They he came out and and he is obviously back to shape back or back to form because I like he, for one he sounded amazing and then he was <laughs> obviously also proud of how he looked because they were wearing like these suits and then as soon as they took off their suit their shirt was like it was like a mesh shirt where you could see through and and see his chest and stuff and so he was obviously very proud of of the work he had been putting in recently and wanted to show off which is you know perfectly right he should um, as one yeah. should exactly. So yeah, I was I was really excited. They they sounded incredible, um, and and we made sure to to stay for their entire set because there wasn't really anybody else kind of battling them, and we knew we'd at least probably get back and still get a decent st- uh, spot for Bad Flower too. Yeah, 
Well, at that point, I was kind of trying to pace myself a little bit. So I kind of would go back to the room and, and like lay down for a minute. So I, I kind of dipped. You were smart. Yeah. Yeah. I you dipped, were smart to uh, take rest breaks. Yeah. <laughs> Did that the last day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Bad Flower, uh, what we witnessed on Monday night from Bad Flower was, for one, <laughs> one of the coolest things I've ever seen at a live show. And for two, a precursor of issues that would come on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) So as we mentioned, scene queen, Yonaka uh, bands were having trouble on that deck. Weather was not cooperating. Yeah, it was by the time that bad flower took the stage at eight 15 weather was really not cooperating. (laughs) And so mind you, there's been lots of ship rocks. I don't know how many years they've been doing this, but from what I've understand, there's only been one set one year that they've had an issue with rain. It was the lamb of God set. And it was just like, I don't know how many songs that lamb of God was able to play, but lamb of God continued on. They, and they didn't have any issues with their equipment. They just, you know, it was pouring down rain. This it was it was a factor in a lot of sets, and this probably was the the main one that it affected. Then they also canceled the following set, but this was definitely the main one that was that was affected right off the bat. Yeah, Badflower got three songs in, and the third one, I'm pretty sure to be honest, they kind of pushed through and were like, "We're playing this song, and then if you want to cut us off, that's fine." Yeah, yeah. Um, they wanted they did everything they could to finish that song. That yeah, they fought a, literally against the elements and a mother nature herself <laughs> to complete. Uh, don't hate me, which is That's perfect name, right? too. Yeah, don't hate it was me. We perfect, have to cancel this show. <laughs> it was it was perfect. Yeah. If you want to see that song in its in, in its entirety, you can check out our Instagram page and find the reels uh, on it. I have, I have yes. bo- both of those posted. Side note for that, please do check out our Instagram in particular, and I guess it's on Facebook mostly too. We've we've been documenting. You can check out all of our videos uh, and stories and things like that that we've uh, had kind of commemorating this are, are on there. So for further context and fun visuals instead of just hearing guys talk. Yeah, and specifically but, on Instagram, you can you can click the little Shiprock twenty four tab yep. and see see all of those. But holy cow, this set and that song, it was a downpour by the time it ended. And so it was almost, from my perspective, it was just like things were crapping out. Like the ba- the people were coming up trying to take the drums down, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes, um, yes. I'm pretty sure that at some point uh, the the instruments practically stopped working, or at least were becoming Josh, incredibly hard to manage. Josh chucked the guitar and threw it behind him. Eventually, Josh yeeted that guitar like I have never seen before. (laughs) I'm like, maybe that wasn't his guitar because he just he did not care if that thing lived or died. It probably was Chip Rock's (laughs) Rock guitar and and hopped down, hopped down and sang the rest of that song um, up on the on the gate into the crowd. It was it was beautiful. Seriously, you're not going to find a better 10 minute set in (laughs) in music than that when that what that was it was epic <laughs> later on joey said that he was having the time of his life but on my video for that song he does not look thrilled at all to be playing in the rain however <laughs> alex was having the time of his fucking life yes. <laughs> playing that song then he just looked like he was his his life everywhere to be honest but yeah <laughs> that's true those 
that that dude had a great week. Yeah, you could just tell he he was probably the guy that I saw the most. Alex from Batflower. Yes, I I seriously ran across him so much. Like he probably knows my face, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then just to mention, so it it continued raining so bad that they canceled I Prevail, which was supposed to headline that night. Yeah. Yeah. And then I Prevail would have taken the stage, but did not. Yes. I Prevail number one. So, so how about Tuesday morning? So the Dan, what did you day, wake up to Tuesday morning? We get to Jamaica. <laughs> and you know, f- uh, let me set the mood here, all right? So we decided this year to get a balcony um because well, for one, we didn't sit in our room at all last year. It was mainly a closet and I didn't like it. And so we could afford a balcony and, and we decided to go for it. And it, I I loved it. It was it was really nice to just be able to sit down and just kind of take a breath and and let everything kind of you know just go to the wayside for a second and just relax and take everything in. So I did that when we woke up in the morning. Uh, we kind of communicated with them that we were going to go get breakfast and we we're going to go. Our plan was to go get breakfast, go get our swim stuff on, and then go to Margaritaville, hang out there, drink a little bit, swim in the beach, and that was going to and then just you know for like an hour or two, and then go back to the boat. Um, the plan was going great. Actually, we went down, we had a fantastic breakfast. <laughs> we, 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 we go up to our rooms and we're getting dressed for, uh, to go out on the beach. And they told us that the gangplank was closed. And so they said that it was getting too rough. The waves were too rough. And so I, I sat out on the balcony and I've been enough, around enough boats and docks and stuff to know that I heard the boat hitting the pier. Like it, it is. <laughs> and like, we're sitting there and we just feel the boat slamming into the pier. <laughs> and so they're like, well, the gangplank is closed, you know, for undisclosed amount of time. So like, well, we're already on our swim stuff. Let's go to the pool. And so we're hanging out of <laughs> the pool and they're like, because the wind is bad and the current is bad, we have to pull away from the pier. And so they like, there was a whole bunch of people that were trying to get back on the boat on the pier and they just basically sent them away. And like, we waved at them as we left them on the pier. (laughs) It's like we waved or just waving and traumatize these people. I'm sure these poor bastards that got left on the the pier, (laughs) like as we're going out into the ocean way sooner than we're supposed to. I think we're, they were supposed to be at the pier and be picked up by three thirty. This was like noon, and we're leaving their asses on shore. Just like, up, oh, peace out, guys. <laughs> Guess you live in Jamaica now. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, the, you know, it's it's really funny, like, to talk about this now, and especially from our perspective because we weren't on the damn island; we were on the boat. Uh, we didn't get off the island. We didn't get off the boat. We didn't get a chance to because they closed it. So yeah. A couple of things on that. Number number one, I think about twenty eight hundred of the four thousand people were stuck in Jamaica. Yes, Aaron and I were making our way down there right before it got closed, basically. And as I'm we so glad as we as we exit our room, we look around and all of the staff starts putting on life jackets. Uh yeah. No, this is. And this was right after they come over the intercom yeah, saying, the, you know, yeah. ship rocked to guess. They're just uh, basically they were like, there's nothing, nothing to worry about. Like, everything is OK. We open the door. Everyone out in the hall has life jackets on. I'm like, uh, 
conflicting messages here, guys. So when basically when the boat got out to the bay and a little bit further away from the pier, uh, they came over the intercom and they told their staff, we're going into full, full emergency protocol. Please attend your emergency stations. And every one of the crew members starts putting on their life jacket. And so we're at the pool and I'm actually chilling there with Eva and Rob and uh, we're the, the guy that's overlooking the pool. He puts on a life jacket and I was like, dude, uh, should we put on a life jacket too? He's like, no, nah, you guys are fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you say everybody's so, going man. about their business. Yeah. All the attendees are just going about their business. Meanwhile, the crew um, is just looking a little more concerned <laughs> visually due to those life jackets. So- so Aaron and I, now now that we know it's closed and we can't do anything, we go to meet you up on the pool deck. And as we get in the elevator, <laughs> this guy who speaks very broken English says all important words. Uh, the sheep, the dock, a boom is broken. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was and broken. he was accurate. Yeah. That he ship was... jacked that port up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we basically pulled out to the bay and we were waiting for another ship to leave. This other ship was supposed to leave at about three. They didn't leave till five. So we didn't go pick up those people until about like seven or eight ish. Because, yeah, like we kept yeah. trying to go seven, back yeah. into the, the bay or, and back into the pier. But the waves and the current were still too bad. So they like they they pull back out into the bay like there. I swear to God, we circled like three times before we finally pulled into that pier. And so like especially for the pier, they had to be traumatizing, especially seeing the boat come back like not there. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, there it goes again. It's leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So to reiterate. Yeah. (laughs) To to reiterate here, the ocean threw our boat at Jamaica. (laughs) And then, and then created such unfavorable circumstances that we had to leave our people there for half the day. And that was just kind of that for the day. <laughs> <laughs> While we went out and, cont- and were getting as shiprocked as one has ever been, because that boat was moving on those waves. <laughs> I was getting shiprocked in another way because I was not dealing with people wearing yeah, double jackets it. and like, telling me it's fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm going to just drink. Okay. Um, if you're telling me it's fine, I'm going to drink. <laughs> I'm going to make myself buoyant now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan went into if I'm going down, I'm going down happy yes, mode. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I was in the hot tub, dude. It was fucking great. <laughs> You're meet, meeting people you never saw again. Oh my gosh. I need to point this out. I need to point this out. So sometimes we draw attention to a little bit to the kind of the contrasting personalities that the three of us have. And I want to make note of something. Dan, in typical circumstances, is. I would say we could probably agree the least social yes. member of the itch, except when he's had a few drinks, <laughs> then he is unquestionably the most social of the itch members. This is true. And the hot tub was, we had many examples where this was true with regards to like meeting band, band people, but this was also true that day in the hot tub. You were, you were, Telling stories just just had held the whole crowd's attention in that full hot tub. <laughs> Casey and I were like, "What's going on over there?" Dan's the life of the party. <laughs> Speaking of hot tubs, we so also funny. we also saw dueling hot tubs where they were flipping each other off the entire time. 
people will be tribal about anything yep. <laughs> yeah it was it was a good old time uh, the pool was a little cold so that's kind of why we we're in we ended up in the hot tub but uh yeah, it was it was a great day honestly for us i feel so bad for those people that were on the shore <laughs> you missed out man you fucking missed out <laughs> they were like yep. traumatized getting bussed around from one place to another getting some shitty ass jamaican kfc um, <laughs> traumatized some people apparently well i think some people decided not to get back off the boat again after that because they were because of that experience on the first time yeah so f- to kind of go further into that so they basically told us we're gonna stay overnight in jamaica and, and the real reason why was so that they could have their inspectors come out test the boat they actually fixed the boat up repainted the whole damn thing overnight and they were like all right you guys are good get back out on that ocean uh but you're not going to the cayman <laughs> islands fuck you um <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they're and then they're like, you're free to go back on Jamaica, and then the whole boat's like, nah, nah, <laughs> nah we're good. <laughs> we want what we want, motherfucker. The ones that did get off the boat are like, no, I already spent ten hours on the island. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> my favorite we didn't mention this my favorite if you really want to get like i don't know i guess it was probably a real so it's probably not even out there anymore but our favorite was aj channer he like sings this song and at the end he's like where's the boat man where's the boat <laughs> <laughs> where's the boat of, of all the people that got stranded on on jamaica i think aj channer uh guest 198 mind you a uh, fire from the gods <laughs> probably had the best time yes, out there oh yeah he, he and his wife had the best time the whole week yeah. they had the most fun and, you know i told they you had this. the best time it, it, I, i'm telling you there is something about when you have young kids and you're got like like just get away from them there is like a new sense of freedom that you haven't experienced in a long time and man <laughs> they definitely were loving every single minute of that ship rocked yeah they sure were they were all right so Let's get back to the to the events on the boat. Um, and oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. So, like, yeah, we we stayed in Jamaica. The next day, uh, we were supposed to go to the Cayman Islands. They told us that the waves were too bad there, and because it was boat transport to the actual islands, they canceled it. So we were gonna have another day at sea, and then hit up Bimini on the way back. Yeah. yeah. So our entire schedule got shuffled around, which meant all kinds of other Again. shuffling, like the the schedule, which which which. <laughs> For the record, um, there's a Shiprock app, and they kept that schedule updated as they could, which was great because otherwise you'd had had no idea because things were 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 shuffling around quite a bit. Yeah, but that really threw off the schedule for Tuesday in particular because most bands had band members that were off of the boat on that island, which makes performing a bit of a challenge. Yeah, because it was supposed to start with with I Prevail being the Sail Away band since they had gotten canceled the night before, but they had to cancel that because like every band had ha- like half their members left on Jamaica. And so the first band yeah. to play that day, I'm pretty sure was Eve under fire was, was Eve under fire. Yeah. It was, so, so for, for context here, they were getting people back on the boat at, at a little before seven. Eva's set was at seven fifteen. Chris, her guitarist literally ran up to the stage at seven twelve, 12 yep. and got set up to perform within like five minutes. He had they, they had rushed him back onto the boat <laughs> for his set, and every set before that got canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every set before then got canceled. He, Chris runs in with his onesie on, has his guitar, plugs it into the rig, plays one note, 
gave a thumbs up and then walked off stage. It's good to go. <laughs> Quickest sound check ever. It was. Now, I'm not going to lie. That set, especially compared to their second one, which we'll talk a little more about, was a little bit... I'm not going to say it was really rough from a listener's perspective, but you could tell they weren't as pleased with it because of the circumstances they were operating. Yeah, I agree. With you. They yeah. were under a heck of a lot of stress to make that happen. Um, right. I feel like they did a, a, a very admirable job. It's also because their theater, which otherwise would have been probably mostly full, was fairly sparsely attended because most people were not on the boat at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of having the 650 people that were scheduled to want to see the show, they had probably about 100, 150 in there. Yeah, because they were prioritizing band members first to try to get them back on the boat in case they had like any kind of event going on. Yeah. But honestly, that right there, um, that Eva set and and then for me anyway, what came after in that night really kicked off. Uh, the theme and one of the, the most fun elements of the entire week for me, which was we had a conflict. We had Fury and Few and Winona Fighter, both former itch guests, and two of the, I would say, younger and newer acts on the boat, the less established acts on the boat, playing at almost the same time. I had to see both of them, and so I did to some degree. For me, this was a blast because I mentioned we saw Fury and Few right at the beginning when we first got on the boat. They were the people that we not only saw the most, but straight up hung out with the most. We were we were concert buddies, us and Braden and Ryan, a Fury and Few and their manager, Nick, and his brother, their cameraman, Troy, who was making videos all week of of their sets. And I to me, that was that made this whole experience like that much cooler, getting to actually like check out new bands with a band. Um, and so I just I. We just hit it off really well with those guys, and they were kind of just our concert companions. We'd see them everywhere and seem to have similar taste in where we wanted to be and when. And so it was awesome. Not only that, but Aaron Aaron got a little taste of what it is to be me because uh, Nick walked straight up to him and say, hey, are you Aaron from The Itch? And Aaron's like, excuse me? I was recognized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You guys it was famous. super fun. Got to... Got we both got recognized once on the boat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but them and Winona and, and it was great times. I know Dan was a little bit elsewhere. You did see a set that I did not see, but a little bit of a couple of sets yeah. I actually was uh, at fire from the gods first. And one thing I wanted to mention is that was one of the first times I saw them live as well. And man, for one, I didn't realize how tall AJ was at, at, at all. He's just as tall as Casey, if not taller. Um, and so he just has this commanding presence on stage because he's so large and he moves around. He just, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Sounded fantastic. And one of my favorite parts of that whole thing is he, he you know, he talks about how he w- went to Jamaica and he actually took his father's ashes to Jamaica and spread them out there because that's where his father's from. And it was so mm-hmm. crazy because like it hadn't rained all day. Uh, well, um, yeah, while we were out there. And then like it rains. He, so he dedicates I and I to his dad and it rains just a little bit during that song. And then as soon as the song is over, it, it stopped raining. I was just like, that's that's powerful, man. Yeah, uh, that was really cool. And so right after Fire from the Gods, we again, you know, it was like we talked about, like booking it from the deck to the theater, but back to the deck. Um, we did it. We booked it from the, the deck to the theater to go see Point North. And they were awesome. Uh, 
he definitely seemed a little bit uneasy. Like, um, I think he might've been, I don't know if he was one of the people that were left in Jamaica, but, um, from what I understand, he was not too pleased with being on a boat in the first place. And so I don't, I don't, for one, I don't know why he would have done shipwreck if that was the case, but, uh, <laughs> maybe it was just that he had never been on a boat and he wanted to give it a try. Uh, that, that could have been, that's it. what I was doing. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, they still were great and, and they sounded fantastic. It was the first time we had seen them live. Hannah was super excited. It was one of her favorite sets of the entire, um, of the entire boat. And, uh, it definitely did not disappoint. That's for sure. And they actually ended their set early because they were supposed to play. They started at uh, nine thirty. They were supposed to play until ten thirty, but they didn't. They didn't actually um, finish. I'm sorry. They finished about like fifteen minutes early. They only played like a forty five minute long set. And so we were actually able to sneak down to the aft lounge and see the last three songs of Winona Fighter. I'm glad you circled back there because I did want to say a little bit more about Fury and Winona. So Point North ended up being a casualty to me because they're just we're up against too strong a competition. Um, we've all seen Winona. You can check out the episode where we uh, discussed our trip to see Chemical Fire in Nashville and where we gushed over them then. Dan and Casey have seen Fury and Few live, and you can hear about that in the Metallica episode where we gushed over that. This is my first time seeing Fury, second seeing Winona. And while you guys are seeing Point North, this was like the rock and roll slash like punk rock section yeah. of the trip. Where a lot of the bands were heavier or more like like radio alt metal kind of styles. These guys are rock and rolling out here and they got the craziest energy. Uh, absolute blast to see them up out there just shredding and, you know, hopping into the crowd uh, and sweating everywhere profusely. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, this was probably Hannah's favorite block in the whole entire festival because she is a punk girl at heart, and she was definitely there for Point North and Winona Fighter. Those were some of her favorite bands on the lineup. And Fur- Fury yeah. and Few was definitely uh, another band that impressed her thoroughly. Around this time is where we our kind of personalities split, and we kind of started seeing sets like either Dan and Hannah. Dan and Hannah would see a yeah. set uh, together, or. Aaron and I would see a set together or Aaron and I would split. I made a, a point to kind of prioritize the aft lounge to see certain people. Um, so that's, that's the strategy that I took. So I, I went ahead and saw Winona first uh, before Fury and Few. Uh, and man, that, that set was uh, every, every set that, that they did, uh, whether it be Winona or Fury, they made some big impressions, whether that's from fans or bands that that saw them. I think that by this time, all three of us had kind of found our spots too. like we had our favorite spots to to view every concert from no matter where it was at. So if it was the aft lounge, we, we you know, me and Hannah, like our, our little spot off in the corner, like you guys liked getting up front. Um, you know, for the theater, I think we all kind of had different spots there, but me and Hannah kind of found this spot that was like a little bit off to where we could still see. Um, and then, you know, we had our spot on the deck too. And I think you guys had a spot on 10 that was kind of off to the back. And I think that's one reason why we did kind of start splitting up because we were all like, all right, we're going to our spot. We'll see you. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. So we had mentioned earlier that non-point was told that they're going to be on the boat and do with all the schedule mix up. I don't think that they were actually supposed to initially headline this night, but that's just how it played out after all the scheduling, rescheduling and all that fun stuff. And again, I want to stress that ask, ask for 
did an incredible job of staying on top of the schedule, mm-hmm. staying on top of the yes. app. And they also, you know, if you were out on the deck or if you had like your uh, your TV on, they would also show the schedule or what was going on on each deck or each stage for that day. So they did. I thought they did a fantastic job of communicating out what the when the bands were playing and what was going on. And to piggyback off of that, also the Carnival Cruise yeah. team, yeah. because I mean, they were handling a very abnormal and bizarre situation. And as weird as it was, I don't think that there was ever a time where it truly felt like there was danger, yeah. in my opinion. Maybe if you were actually getting like on or off the boat at that time where everything was getting pretty shaky, maybe maybe then, I don't know. But well, it, it was a weird situation, and I feel like they handled it as probably as well as one could. I don't know what protocol is supposed to be, but I mean, all was, all was well that ended well, right? Right. And so, and as Elias <laughs> said, you know, uh, not a not a lot of normal cruises would be able to handle this situation the way that the shipwrecked uh, people did. Yeah, the shipwrecked people took it in stride because everybody's yeah. there to have a good time, see good music, and just party with each other. And that's that really yeah. played into that effect. And like even Cookie said, he's been doing several cruises. He's been, you know, he, Cookie's been on lots of cruises. He was a cruise director for seventeen years or some shit. And so for him to come out and say that, you know, Shiprock's fam family and and, uh, everybody there handled it better than anybody could have possibly handled it. That means a lot. Someone who has a lot of experience dealing with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And Nonpoint was the perfect band to headline that night. They have proven that they are a Shiprock favorite. Elias knows how to work Shiprock. And the one thing that is definitely evident is that every band member of nonpoint, no matter how many times you see them, they're always willing to still talk to you still, you know, be friendly in some fashion or another, no matter what the situation is, they're always outgoing. They're always open for their fans. And, and yeah. I think that's why Shiprock absolutely loves them because they are like that. They are open. They are there to have a good time. They're there to enjoy the fans. Um, and, and they did not disappoint. I think there's a reason they've been booked on this thing seven times yes. out of like 11 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, yep. that's, that's wild. And I also want to note you, to your point about Elias knowing how to, well, and all of them knowing how to handle the subject in the situation. They did something that I love when bands do. And that is strategically place your songs to make a statement about oh, their circumstances. They kicked off their set with what a day. Yep. <laughs> because that that is what most people were saying after finally getting back on board this ship from Jamaica. Yeah. And that uh, was a very intentional choice on their part. And I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was awesome watching them, even though we saw them at the, the pre-party. It was it was great watching their set. I almost got taken out by a tumbler that dropped from I don't even know how many floors above. Uh, it was about a foot and a half away from me. All of a sudden, I hear tank and metal tumbler that would have hit me in the head. <laughs> so Casey truly had the most dangerous experience of the day. Yes, almost getting hit by a tumbler. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. Like we were on that rail all all week, and like that's that's a huge responsibility to make sure you're holding on to your glasses. And if you can't handle that responsibility, don't hang them on. Don't put them over the rail. Like that's that's all yeah. it is. True that. Yep. Cause like I had dude, a dude, I was mad paranoid every, every in my hand all, all week, but I didn't yeah. drop shit. 
I was paranoid every time I leaned over a railing and I had sunglasses on or every time I stuck my camera over to get like some shots of like the ocean. I was like, man, uh, something's falling. I'm going to drop something. My earbuds are going to fall out. I don't know what's going to happen. I was mad paranoid the whole time. Came back with everything I left with. All was good. There you go. Same. But not point killed it. They had I mean, they were getting rained on during their set, too. Um, And Jason noted that, you know, due to some of those circumstances, it wasn't necessarily their most fun set. But, you know, they still killed it. Like, those guys are pros. Yeah, you could tell that they were definitely timid about moving around. And because the stage was super slick, they didn't actually put like like until <laughs> until it really stopped raining for the rest of the week. Um, they didn't put down these rugs. They Like, I think it was the next day they put these like runners down on the stage to make it a little bit give it a little bit more traction uh, because they were going mm. out there and toweling down the stage like every in between every song. And it's like you guys yeah. are, are wasting your time for one. Because it's just going to get yeah. wet as they're playing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it, 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 so it, it's, it's for a band that likes to jump around as much as non-point. Like I could definitely understand his uh, apprehension. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, they they killed it. They were definitely a favorite. Like everybody walked away from that set just talking about it. And I'll be honest, like that set was so good for me. It was one of the best non-point sets I've seen in a long time. Like I. I we had thoughts about going to see Cassie yet, but at the same time, like I, I didn't think that they were gonna top that. So I was just like, ah, I'm good. Let's go, let's go get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> good call, good call. Aaron and I went ahead and, and saw it. I had to. So I thought that this shiprock did something pretty interesting, which is they booked Cassiet, Yonaka, Seeing Queen, and Luna Aura, who, while all different in their own rights, do have some certain overlap in their vibes. Frankly, I kind of wanted to compare and contrast and just like see what the differences in sound were and in vibe and all that. And Cassiette was pretty impressive. I Like I said, we said Scene Queen and Yonaka got off to kind of bad starts. No, not due to any fault of their own per se, but due to weather. Uh, Cassiette didn't have that problem. She was in the aft lounge and she was the party because there's nothing else going on at 1215. So that yeah. place was packed and, and she was she was rocking it. She did a good job. I don't know that she's an artist that I'm going to go back to as often as some of the others. She was one I was intrigued by going into it because I've liked some of the stuff I've heard of her. Um, but I thought she did a, did solid work in there. To do a quick band blender, uh, think in this moment in pink. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. We got to catch that set with uh, with our, our buddy Nick, uh, Fury and Fuse crew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While we're on bits that we do sometimes, I started to do a shirt alert and uh, it lasted like an hour and then I said, forget it, I'm done. <laughs> but I will tell you what I found. <laughs> shirt alert, this will last about eight seconds. Two Step Brothers t-shirts in line. Don't know why there are two different people wearing Step Brothers t-shirts. That's a weird thing to happen in, in, in a span of a few minutes. Um, some guys wearing Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado jerseys, so respect to St. Louis. Gotta love those. A woman dressed as some type of cheetah slash volcano. She had stuff going on on her paint and on her dress, and it was wild. She had different body paint every day. Um, she was a she body sure paint did. artist. It was phenomenal yes. work. She looked super cool. Um, a t-shirt that said sex, drugs, and lobster rolls. That's probably <laughs> from a restaurant or something, but I've never seen it before, and it was funny. And then my favorite, which we saw multiple variations of, which was shirts that said F Ronnie Radke. <laughs> There were a lot of those shirts. There were a lot of those just, shirts. 
Goodness. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the That's same as guy far as the shirt alert every day, I or maybe, I don't know. <laughs> no, it was, it was multiple people with different variations, but that was the sentiment on a lot of them. Well, the other shirt alert is we we saw Jack Collins wear the same beige sweater uh, for the entire time. Jack Collins was the shirt alert. Yes. My, man, my man wore the same thing all week when he was out and about. What, and I respect that. I, I can't remember what band mentioned falling in reverse on Shiprocked and they got booed. Like, it was during it was during yeah. band feud. Oh, right. It was. It was during band feud. They were like. What band would you like to come back, or what band would you like most to come back? And, and one of the band members is like falling in reverse, and everybody's like, "Boo!" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, that's not going to be on this list." <laughs> the ship rockers, yeah, the ship rockers disagreed. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so, all right, note. well, guys, yeah, guys, we when we set out to record this episode, we intended to get this entire cruise in one sitting. Um, we're halfway through and we've been recording for almost an hour and a half. And so I think we've unanimously agreed that we're going to go ahead and put a pin in it here and continue the itches, uh, 20 year, 200 episode celebration in episode 201, 200 and a half, (laughs) 200 and a half. I don't think I can do that in how in how our our, our setup works, but if I could, I would. Two hundred. That would that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a half episode, so you will get the rest of this report. Thank you so much for sticking with us through the first half of it. Uh, as you can tell by how long winded we've been, we just had the time of our lives doing this, and uh, we are a walking advertisement for live music, in particular now live music on a boat. So yeah, speaking of being a walking advertisement, I actually walked up to uh, Alan, the head of uh, Ask For, and asked him, <laughs> so do you guys pay your podcasters? He's like, no. I was like, all right, well, um, how can we go about being your podcast? He's like, yeah, we're not going to we don't pay ours. So you probably wouldn't you know, we wouldn't ask you to do it. I'm like, well, if you want us to, we would. <laughs> <laughs> Dan was over here trying to take somebody's job for, for no reason. <laughs> There's a whole nother show that is specifically dedicated to interviewing shiprocked bands. Yeah, well. And Dan was like, no, I want that to be my job. Yeah, now. I definitely want it to be my job. <laughs> oh, You'll man. probably get your wish because there's some bands we haven't even talked about yet. We'll get to in hey. part two here, little little preview, that we were impressed enough by that I think we're going to pursue some interviews with them. Yes. And we're, you know, we're just lucky that I hadn't had too many drinks by that point because then I would have just been telling Alan, well, you know, uh, the reason why you should be uh, is because our <laughs> podcast is better. No, I was just like, <laughs> Man, thank you for not doing that. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Thank you for not blowing it with the man behind Shiprock. No, I, I, the I, guy. I, the, yeah, the last thing I wanted to be banned from Shiprock because I, you know, I, I was trying to like be a media person. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they frown upon them very heavily. Very much so. Yeah. But before we wrap up, definitely want to just say thank you to you for listening. We again, 200 episodes is wild and we appreciate anybody who listens, anybody who engages on the socials, uh, particularly in conversation. If you haven't noticed, if you have messaged us, we will respond to stuff. One of the three. I even sometimes respond occasionally. (laughs) Even Dan is starting to dip into Instagram just a little bit. That's kind of become our our primary social format because it's a lot of fun. But we appreciate you so much um and we hope that you'll continue with us for however many more episodes this thing goes um but it's a milestone 20 years on the radio 200 episodes of the podcast and a heck of a vacation to celebrate it all 
Yeah. Yes. It, it's been a lot of fun. And, and thank you very much for listening because while we would still probably do this, if only our moms were listening, it just means a lot more when, when more people's moms are listening. <laughs> more on that later. That's a great note to end on, but I have a note about that for part two. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's thank everyone for listening to the itch yes. <laughs> thank you very much for listening to the itch my name is dan i'm casey and i'm aaron and until next time as far as you know i'm still on a boat if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode please subscribe and tell a friend about the itch check out the show notes for links about the episode as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every sunday night and you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. <laughs> as far as you know. As far as you know. I never made it Who off knows? of Jamaica. <laughs> We're the itch broadcasting <laughs> delay from Jamaica. Where, where's got, the land? We got stranded. <laughs> We're still on the boat. <laughs> Two weeks later. It has been strand- stranded in Jamaica. I'm hiding in those rooms, bitches. That KFC was so good. <laughs> <laughs>